Praise God. We are really blessed this morning to have Greg Moore minister to us. Praise the Lord. How many of you have heard Greg Moore before? Well, quite a few of you. How many haven't? Looks like we're about half and half. But Greg has been a friend of mine for, I don't even know, 20-something 20, 20 years. And he and his wife Janice have been a blessing. Their son works for us. I went to his church and ministered many times. And, you know, Pastor Greg, I, I forget all of the details, but, I mean, two, three, four hundred people maximum in his church. And one time he just really felt impressed that they were supposed to give us $100,000 out of that small number of people. And he pressed them and, praise God, we got it. It was awesome. And, I mean, this man has just been a blessing to us. And after all of these years, I think 28 years or something pastoring, He's now on staff with us here at our Bible college, and he has just been an awesome, awesome blessing. And I tell you, he's got a lot of wisdom, all of his mighty years. I mean, a hundred years in ministry, and he's still going strong. So we are blessed to have Greg Moore come minister to us this morning. <laughs> Thank you, Praise God, I'm doing pretty good for 120, right? <laughs> Moving around good. Uh, I've written a, uh, uh, one of the best healing books that I've ever written, the only one I've ever written, but um, uh, just got to reprint it. If, if you're here, I've got a couple of these I want to give away. If you're here today uh, and you're facing a, a major uh, physical crisis, Okay, in your in your body or or your immediate family, and you will not only read this and apply it, but you will pass it on and become uh, a a healing agent to others. Okay, this is for you. Okay, sir, right here. Could you could you get that? If you're if you're in that one of those conditions here, here's the other one, Ashley. Uh, that that guy in the green shirt there, and then whoever else you feel led to. To do that with. Otherwise, I've got some more books on the back table. All right, you can get you can get it, and and we love you. Hadn't this been great, man? I'm telling you what, this has been this has been awesome. I'm, I've been I've been full, filled, <clears throat> blessed. Uh, you know, I've just got to spend some time with with uh, some of you guys, and and uh, it's just awesome to hear all that God's doing through your lives. Uh, several pastors, how many pastors are here? Where are you at? All the pastors. Why don't you guys stand up? All these pastors, you guys are heroes. Let's give them a good hand. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> hey, I just want to speak over you, over you men, okay, uh, that you're going to finish strong. That you got finishing grace, not just starting grace. Amen. And uh, God's strengthening you. And I've got a word for you, pastors. You need to go swing the sword one more time. And you don't. You and you need to be. You need to be strong in grace. And you watch and see God's going to do some mighty, mighty things in and through your life and ministry. Amen. Okay. I like to tell it funny before I before I speak. Um, is that okay? I'm going to do it anyway. This is about the old fisherman. A guy's 72 years old, loves to fish. 
He was sitting in the boat the other day when he heard a voice say, pick me up, pick me up. He looked around, couldn't see anyone. He thought he was dreaming when he heard the voice uh, say again, pick me up, pick me up. He looked in the water, and there floating on the top was a frog. The man said, are you talking to me? Yes, said the frog. Pick me up, then kiss me. And I'll turn into the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. I'll make sure that all your friends are envious and jealous because I'll be your bride. The man looked at the frog for a short period of time, reached over, put it in his front pocket real carefully. The frog said, what, are you nuts? Didn't you hear I said, if you kiss me, I'll become a beautiful bride. He opened his pocket, looked at the frog, said, nah, my age, I'd rather have a talking frog. With age comes a little wisdom. <laughs> well, I've got an assignment today I want to I share with you. Turn, turn to Second Peter chapter 3, and then we're going to look at 1 Peter 4. 2 Peter 3 and 1 Peter 4. 2 Peter 3 verse 18 uh, Dave mentioned this when he was when he was uh, preach singing. Yeah, it's awesome. But grow in grace. Everybody say grow in grace. Grow in grace, grow in grace in the knowledge of our of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and to him to him be be the glory. Everybody say grow, grow. in grace. Now, how is it possible to grow in grace when 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 we're born again? He's given us all grace. Well, the same way when he said we have the mind of Christ, we still need to have it. <clears throat> he, he said when he created us, he created us in his image, his likeness, and to have dominion. Now, as men, we want to go right to the dominion part. But you don't, you don't walk in dominion until, first of all, you're born again in his image, right? That's spirit. His likeness is in your soul. Andrew's been teaching about, about imagination. I was telling him when we were going on a trip together in Uganda, I said, man, what you've been teaching on imagination, the reason it's so powerful is because when your soul becomes, because after the renewing of the mind, become, gets in the image, I mean, in the likeness of who you really are, man, you're going to walk in dominion. It's powerful. So where do we grow in grace? In our souls, Right? In our understanding, as, as Arthur was sharing with us yesterday, you know, our understanding of the love of God can, you know, can become a filter of how we, of how we hear God and whether we, whether we hear Him at all. So, um, we, we, Jesus was full of grace and truth, right? Okay, and so you and I have that, have that capacity. So, look at 1 Peter 4, verse 10, and this is kind of where I want to camp. 1 Peter 4, verse 10 says that as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the what? 
as good stewards of the what? The manifold grace of God. Manifold defined, uh, it means many-sided in very varied forms. In other words, the grace of God is multi-dimensional. And when I got this message, it was actually here teaching at Karis Bible College, which, man, this is the place to be. I'm telling you, man, the power of God is here. The glory of God is here. The Word of God is here. I mean, you, you, you come and you get, you get equipped and laser focused to what God's called you to do. A second year student came to me after I was teaching one time and he said, um, listen, I've, I've only had one aspect of my understanding of God's grace, but in hearing you speak, I see that there's another side to grace that I haven't been thinking about. You know, my focus on grace has all been around, you know, I'm forgiven, you know, God loves me, um, God cares about me, He's got a plan for my life, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, you know, I'm healed, I'm sealed, I'm delivered, I'm all of these things, all that Jesus has done for me, but He said, and he, this, this was his, were, were his words to me. He said, but what I see is that there, there's another side of grace or dimension of grace, about what Jesus will do through me. Are you with me? Maybe you're here today. Who, who was it? Are, are you second, the second year student that spoke that to me? Are you here? Okay. I don't see you, but the bottom line is, I start, man, I started listening to that. It started, I mean, man, meditating on that, thinking about that. In the moment he spoke that, God took me to this word, uh, this verse, the manifold grace of God. And there's more than one dimension to grace. Yeah? There is. To the degree we understand the various dimensions of grace, we can grow in grace. A good football team, good baseball team, they're not one-dimensional, are they? Man, I, I was, I pastored a church in Decatur, Texas. And uh, Metro- y'all heard of the metropolis of Decatur, right? If you drive... <laughs> I'm from, I'm from Houston, okay, <laughs> and I started a church right out of Bible school, and we grew a, a mega church from 17 to 40 in three and a half years. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we might have 75 on Sunday morning, you know, but then God calls me to Decatur, Texas. I mean, Houston close to 5 million. I, 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 called it, I didn't even know Decatur, Texas existed. And we've got 5,000. And I'm thinking, this is Hicksville. I mean, you know, you know where Bowie, Texas is, don't you? <clears throat> don't you, Dave? I mean, you, 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 you ministered up there, got ministered too, anyway. And so we're just, just south of Bowie. And, man, I mean, I'm, this, this, is, this is God. You calling me here? But, but there in that place... Uh, God, by His grace, uh, and, and uh, that's where we connected with Andrew, God, by His grace, grew a church in a city of 5,000 from about 60 to 400 in three years. It's awesome. Yeah? Man, it's awesome. But, you know, you have to, there's, there's, more, there's more than one dimension of, of God's grace. I don't know how I got off on that. How did I do that? Where was I going? <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, it, was, it had to be good. 
I think I grew in grace or something. But uh, anyway, Andrew was speaking a few days ago about, um, about the heart and talked about the good ground in, in, in Mark chapter 4. The good ground uh, has uh, the capacity to grow 30, 60, produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. And he said, notice, that was, that was, there were different results of the same kind of, of good ground. The seed, it couldn't have been the seed that made the difference, had to be the ground. And I started thinking about this, that, you know what, um, it, is it possible that our lack of understanding of grace, just, just as uh, Arthur shared yesterday about the love of God, can affect how much, of God, uh, how much of God's life, the seed of his word, is produced in our lives. And, and, and uh, you know, it's true. And, oh, I know where I started on Decatur. All right. I found it. Just keep going. You'll hook back up in a little bit. <laughs> but Decatur... Decatur... <laughs> Decatur, Texas. We had, a, we had, a, we had a, the best high school football team in the state. Uh, I forget what year it was, 2003, I think. And, we, man, we had, the, we had the number one passer in the state and the number one running back in the state. And we beat the eventual state champions 44-7 to in the regular season. <clears throat> but during the playoffs, right before semifinals, we faced this team again. Our little running back, uh, who was like Emmett Smith, except he was faster, and this guy was awesome, and, and he got hurt. And so in this, in this rematch, we played this team, and we were one-dimensional. And they got in our red zone twice and scored twice. We were in their red zone nine times, and, and we ended up losing 14 to 13. We were one-dimensional. Are you hearing me? Now, in, the, in this, this whole message of grace, what God started ministering, downloading to me, here he said, the grace is manifold. It's many-sided. There are many dimensions. And, and where we sometimes don't produce as much as our potential is because we only have an understanding of one dimension, one side of it. Are you with me? So we're going to talk about that. Uh, today, and just in fact, the, the, this message is called the dimensions of grace. Now, you, I'm going to talk about several dimensions of grace, but we're, we're just going to we'll, we'll, we'll focus on a couple of them. So, number one, dimension of grace. I'm not going to spend a long time on this because this is what we know. This when you're, you're under Andrew's ministry, you, you know this aspect. But it's I call it the goodness of God grace, or, or you could say good God grace. Everybody say, God good, good. the devil bad. bad. That'll straighten your theology out (laughs) right there. Amen? this This is where we understand his unconditional love toward us. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. It's really a good God grace. You can you can see it, Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. It's it's understanding in, in Ephesians 1, verse 3. Uh, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, 
Uh, he's chosen us in him, verse 4. Yeah? Verse 5, he's predestined us to be adopt, uh, to the adoption of sons. Verse uh, 7, I mean verse 6, he's made us accepted in the beloved. How many of you know you're accepted in the beloved? You're blessed. You're accepted in the beloved. Now watch this, verse 7. This is where I want to focus on. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his what? So all of these things, and we can go on and on. He's, got, he's been made unto his wisdom. Ephesians 2 talks about you know, how we were seated together in heavenly places. Ephesians 3 talks about understanding the love of God that passes understanding. We might comprehend that. And all, all these things that we have in Christ, I mean, that's the good God grace. It's the goodness of God grace. It has nothing to do with you or I, with our works, with our performance. Yeah? Amen. Amen. So um, this is a revelation that God's not mad at us because he poured out his wrath on Jesus in our place. Aren't you thankful for that? Man, it's awesome. I mean, when Andrew came, 1991, I think was the first time he came to our church. And man, he just blew us all up with this revelation. I think the first time he taught was about the true nature of God. And it was powerful, though. And I mean, I had to kind of clean things up <laughs> afterwards with people... You know, old wineskins that were exploding, you know, or. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but you know what, man? I mean, it was just, it was so much revelation and so much love. And, and, and um, then Andrew just modeled that for us. And he, he and Jamie have just been such a blessing to Janice and I. And we're thankful we, we are where we are today because of the grace of God in them. And not only the message of God that they've taught, which has been life-changing, but the re- relationship. And the way that they treated us like we're, we're valuable, you know, we pastor three or 400 people, and he treats us like we, like we pastor, you know, 5,000 people. It makes no difference to Andrew. And, you know, I decide I want to be that way. Yeah? I, I want to, while I'm on my way to where God's called me, I want to lift people up. Yeah? I don't want to tear people down. I want to step on people on the way to, to uh, my, my, the fulfillment of my dream and my vision. But it's here that we understand this dimension of grace, this good God grace or goodness of God grace, it frees us from living and being motivated by guilt or condemnation or fear, fear of man, works and performance, all these things. It's here we realize that Nothing we do can make God love us more or love us less. Yeah? Man, isn't that liberating? I don't want to underestimate the power of this dimension of grace because it set me free. Um, this, this grace allows us to cut ourselves some slack. Man, that message that um, Arthur preached last year, you, did just, you need to get it about giving yourself a mulligan. Now, I'm a golfer. And I've had to give myself a lot of mulligans, man. <laughs> and, uh, but I never, th- I, uh, you know, I, for a long time in my Christian walk, I didn't think God handed out mulligans. I play, I, play, I play golf with this guy that is, I mean, he's a scratch golfer. And, but, I mean, he plays by the book. Boy, he plays by the rules. And, you know, I always give myself a little foot wedge, you know. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
sometimes, <laughs> sometimes a little bit more, you know, we always, <laughs> if it's behind a tree, I mean, you can go a club length, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to mess, I'm not going to mess up this good club hitting it up against this tree, right? <laughs> give, my, give myself a little slack, cut myself some slack. So I know about that, but man, I play with that guy. Man, I about one time, I, you know, hey, I'm, you play with him. I'm not playing with him. <laughs> you ever play with anybody like that? You ever work with anybody like that? <laughs> you ever been that person? Man, resign. Okay? <laughs> you are no fun to be around. <laughs> no way. Man, you... <laughs> I'm going to lose you. Hey, I, man, look, and if you're pastoring, if you're leading uh, ministry, whatever, you need, you, need to hire, you need to hire people you like to live life with. You don't hang around a bunch of legalists, you know, you know, dotting every I, crossing every T, all this stuff. Man, it's, it's tough. Anyway, I, I love this dimension of grace, don't you? But now we need, there, there are, but here's the thing that this young man said. He said, what it, what, it, what it caused me to do, only focusing on this dimension of grace, though I know Jesus did it for me, he said, it wasn't his fault and it wasn't the fault of grace, but I, I didn't understand the other, any other dimensions of grace and I just got focused on me, on what, what he benefited me. And, and, and I got, you know, I just cut, all the time cut myself slack, cut myself slack. You know, I'm only human after all, you know, so I just, I do, basically do anything, and, and it's not that you need a license to sin or anything like that, but there's another dimension, there's other dimensions of grace, and that's what I want to talk to you about. Now, number two, discipleship grace. Everybody say discipleship grace. First Corinthians 15, verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, Is he talking about grace here? His grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored. Now, to some people who are only one-dimensional grace people, this word labor or work or serve is, I mean, it's a cuss word. But the same Apostle Paul that, that gave you the revelation of this dimension of grace, of God's unconditional love, that, that goes through Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, also wrote this. Are you with me? How many of you know he wasn't a schizophrenic? Yeah? And, and so he said, he said here that, that I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but what? The grace of God which was with me. So here's another dimension of grace. Here's another aspect. See, the, the uh, and, and, and some of you are, you know, just wait a minute. You know, I got to check this out because of, because of, what's, of what's been taught, you know. And, that, and it, you get so passionate about this because you were, you were under the law and, and you were bound up by all this stuff. You get so passionate, you get in a ditch on the other side for fear 
that, you know, that you're going to get back, back under the law. So if anybody says anything about work, anybody says anything about serving, anything, anybody says anything about effort or anything like that. But the Apostle Paul, he wasn't afraid to talk about labor. He said, but I labor, the difference is, I labor by the grace of God in me. It's another dimension of grace. It's discipleship grace. Now look, guys, how many of you know, you, you, God put it in your heart to be here this weekend. But do you understand that God was calling many more to be here than just, than just those that are here? And who's going to receive the benefit of of the grace that's been provided, those that made the effort, those that drew on the grace to say, okay, yeah, Lord, I'll go. I, I'm going to, I'm, you know, we all got things to do, but I'm going to put things aside and I'm going to be here, right? Yeah. And so Paul says his grace, God's grace toward him was not in vain because he labored. Say grace, grace. labors. If you think you're just going to sit on your hands and walk in grace, you don't have, a, you don't have the full understanding of the manifold grace of God. Because I got news for you, buddy. I'm busy. <laughs> Man, I've been in ministry a while, and, it, and they taught me real well. It's, it's spelled W-O-R-K. But I understand. I, I understand. I do what I do because I want to do it. And I'm, and I'm resting, I know how to rest in him, and I know how to walk in his peace, and I know when I get out here, uh, when I lose peace, I know grace and peace go together. So I know if I'm losing peace, I'm moving outside of the dimension of grace. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. So I know that. But, but you know, um, there are a lot of people called here to this Bible school that are not that are not receiving the full dimension of all that God has for them because they didn't respond. They didn't make the effort. They didn't say, they didn't say yes. I tell you, when God calls you to do something, he gives you the grace or the ability to do it. Amen? And we, we not only... See, gra- grace is not just God's influence upon our hearts. Now, I'm not telling you I've got all the revelation on grace, and I'm not giving you a... I'm not giving you the last word on grace, okay? But I, I've, I, ha- I do have some understanding and revelation that I want to share with you. It is, God's grace is influencing our hearts. But it is also, along with the influence upon our heart, it's his in divine enablement to do what he put on our heart. Okay, so when I'm reading the word, you know, the kind of stuff that I want to cut out of the Bible... Like, you know, when somebody's doing me wrong and I'm just reading the word and it says, uh, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Yeah? When I'm reading that, I, you know, wait a minute, I don't have to do that. I can just sit on my hands and do nothing. Why? I mean, you know, Paul couldn't have meant that when he wrote that. But no, you know what I do? Dave, what I do is I say, okay, Lord, I don't feel like that. I don't want to do that. But here's the deal. By your grace, everything I see in this word, by your grace, I'm going to do that. So um, some of you have been, some of you in school, you heard heard me tell this story, my flower story. I used to be in the flower business in Houston, Texas. 
I was a, uh, I was a large wholesale, uh, one of the largest wholesale florists uh, in, in Houston. And we, we had a very successful business. And, um, and, and this, we had, you know, lots of competition, but, you know, they weren't bothering me. I, I, was, I was making money hand over fist. And so this gal went into business against me, competition. Uh, she didn't bother me as far as my business. But I was a threat to her. So she would get all of her guys that worked for her to, to, to rock, throw rocks at my vans, to puncture the tires on my vans, to, to key the sides of my vans, you know, decorate them real good. And I, we, we, we couldn't actually prove she was, it was her that was doing it, but we pretty much knew it was her. I mean, we knew just we had you know, people that knew, and, and so I was, um, and we knew that, you know, we, we had seen some of her guys that worked for her, you know, uh, we tracked them down, and we, we figured it was, it had to be her, and she, and so I was praying one day about how to take her out, <laughs> yeah. I don't mean, I don't, I don't mean physically, okay? I just, I just mean I know somebody who knows somebody who could, who could nuke her vans, okay? And she'd just go away. And so I'm praying about it, you know, I mean, it's reasonable, right? An eye for an eye. And, and so... But here's the, pro- here's the problem. Now, I'm a grace person. I'm born again. I'm sealed. Man, I have all this stuff on the inside of me, all, all this love, all this, you know, fruit, right? <laughs> I, I heard the whole, you ever seen the Wendy's commercial? That old Wendy's commercial with the little gal? Little gal? Where's the what? Where's the beef? Well, I heard the Holy Spirit <laughs> speak up one time. Where's the fruit? Because many times in the name, in the name of, you know, uh, we're only human, we're forgiven, you know, God loves me anyway, you know, we just choose to make provision for our flesh. Somebody squeezes you, you squeeze back. Somebody talks about you, you talk about them more. Somebody says something to you on Facebook. You know, guys, we ought not to be doing things online we wouldn't be doing face-to-face. And I'm talking about we have grace for that too. Are you listening to me? Y'all help me get back to my story. But, but uh, when I was in Uganda with, with Andrew, he was telling me, I'm not going to tell you the names of the Bible schools, but two Bible schools that are very well-known Bible schools in the United States. And one of them uh, happens to be on my alma mater. But uh, anyway, but um, he said, you know, one of, one of these Bible schools, uh, they're, they fill them with the word, but their graduates, Greg, are just mean. Uh, they, they treat people with, with disregard, condescend to people, you know, don't treat people well. They're not... 
They're, they're, it's not kind. Now, these other, this other Bible school, they're not, they're not generally full of the word, but, man, these, these are people of love. And he said, you know what? When I want my Bible school students, I want a combination of the word, and I want them to treat people with, with grace. I want them to be gracious. See, that's the other side. It's another dimension of grace. And so, back to my prayer. <laughs> I'm praying for a way to take this lady out. And the, and the spirit, and the spirit, the, I, and I already told the Lord, I said, by your grace, Lord, not, no obligation, no legalism, anything. When I see something in your word, I'm going to draw on your grace to do it. And so I'm praying about taking this gal out. Remember, Miss B, that was her name. And, and so I'm, I'm praying to take her out. And, in Rome, and I run across this word, Romans 12, 21, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And I couldn't go on and read anymore. <laughs> Just reading. <laughs> and it was like the Holy Spirit, well, what are you going to do about that? <laughs> how, does that li- how does that line up with your plan? <laughs> to ixnay her off the map. You know, I said, it doesn't work real well, does it? And so I just started, man, I mean, I couldn't leave that verse. And so I just started praying. I started thinking, all right, okay, I've got to abandon my plan. And I've got, to, I've got to draw on God's grace. Okay, I've got to manifest fruit instead of flesh. How many of you know flesh doesn't overcome flesh? And so, uh, and, and how many of you know if you're a Christian, you can manifest flesh? And so, where well, I'm in the flower business. She's in the flower business. If I'm going to overcome evil with good, I'm going to buy her some flowers. So I called my grower, and in fact, he was in the Denver area, and I said, you know, ship me 2,000 of the best flowers. I mean the best. And so, you know, I got these 2,000, 2000, I think, carnations and roses and Man, and so, you know, I called Miss B up. And I said, you know, I've got a, I just wanted, I've got a gift for you, Miss B. I want you to meet me on Highway 290. <laughs> anyway, there's a Highway 290 and... <laughs> And Northwest Highway in Houston, Texas, okay? And, and at this McDonald's, we agreed where to meet. So, she, so I pull up with my van, and she's got these big, two big, big old boys there with her. Mafia. And so, you know, I pulled up. I opened up the doors, in my back of doors of my van, and I, I opened up these flowers. And, of course, they checked them out real good. Made sure there wasn't a hand grenade or bomb or something in there. And I said, Miss B, I just wanted you to know I, I was praying for you. I know you're, you, you've got a new business, and, and God just put on my heart to bless you, and, and I, I want you to know Jesus loves you, and I love you. Just wanted to bless you. Hand it to her. <laughs> Get in my van. <laughs> I'm driving off, looking in the rearview mirror. Man, I, I, I wish I would have had, you know, they, I, I wish they had iPhones in. But, man, I mean, these, they were like this. Three years later, I went to Bible school, came back, was just pulling up 
in a gas station pumping gas and here I hear these tires squeal. <clears throat> Come here, Ashley. I hear these tires squeal. And it was Miss it was here Miss B. She jumps out of the truck. She leaves the door open. Okay? And she runs over to me and and she here, stand up here. You gotta stand you gotta get up on the top to be very tall. No, come on right right here. <laughs> stand up, Ashley. <laughs> And and so she she gets she gets down here and she and she gra- she grabs my legs like this. She said, "Mr. Mr. Greg, Mr. Greg." She puts her hand on my head. Pray for me. Pray for me. She said, "She said my husband's in the hospital and he's and uh, and they're going to cut they're going to amputate his legs. He's got diabetes. Pray for me." Right there in the middle of that gas station before God and and everybody. Okay, Miss B. I don't know if she was saved or not, but she sure made a response to the Lord. And we pray for her husband. Now, let me ask you guys a question. That would have happened if I'd manifested flesh, wouldn't it? That would have happened if I would have just drawn on God's benefited me, but it doesn't matter if I manifest this to anybody else. Listen, guys. We have this wonderful grace so that we can manifest it to others. We've got this grace so we can manifest Jesus. Yeah. It's the love of God. It's the next dimension. Yeah, we need to understanding of God's love for us. We need to understand that, hey, people, are got to, people out there have got to taste and see the Lord's good. And what are they seeing on Facebook when we're bashing one another? Good preaching, Pastor Greg. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 is this first dimension of grace where we understand all of His love for us. But how many of you know if you stop at Ephesians 3, your, your, your understanding of grace is un- incomplete. Because Ephesians 4 begins with, you know, therefore, because of all you have, walk worthy. It's another dimension of grace, guys. Are you with me? Now look at these two verses and then I'll try to get to a couple more Hebrews look at Hebrews chapter 12 Hebrews 12 verse 28 I'm not going to spend a long time on this but you got to see this therefore since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken we heard about that you know are you receiving a kingdom are you walking in the kingdom okay are you receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken okay look at it let us have what by which we may what? Now, you know, I'm not, I'm not against anybody. I understand people are passionate about what they believe because they come out of law, all this stuff. But, you know, some people's revelation of grace is, is all about God serving them. Are you with me? And he does. I mean, he, he gets, I mean, he, he got down and washed the disciples' feet, didn't he? Yeah. And so he gave us an, but it's an example. <laughs> I said, it's an example for you and me. We're supposed to serve others. We serve God by serving others. And we have grace to do that. 
Now, I under, look, guys, I understand, I've been a pastor for a lot of years. And I understand this, that not everyone's called to be in, to be an, 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 the office of an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. But every, everyone in the body of Christ has inclinations toward one of those. I can tell you that right now. I've watched and see. Everybody, I mean, you've got people in your church or in your ministry that are apostolic. I mean, it's all about order to them. I mean, it orders everything to them. Okay? Then you've got the prophetic people. I mean, worship, prayer, you know, all that. And it's never enough move of the Spirit. Yeah. Then you've got the evangelists. The only thing there is to do is outreach. Okay? Then you've got the... Then you got the pastors, they're caring about people and, you know, loving people, and it's all about one-on-one and all that. And then you got the teachers, only thing that matters is the Word, teaching the Word. Are you with me? Now, every, each one of you here, fit, you have one, you, a couple of those you're most passionate about. Uh, do, do you identify with that? Is that true? Okay, I understand you're passionate about that, but just because you're, you're a passionate evangelist doesn't mean the other things aren't important. And if that, just because you, you're a passionate apostolic person and you want everything in order, man, you need to lighten up a little bit. And you need to let the Spirit of God move. Then, 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 the, then the, you know, prophetic people, it's never enough. They're like 18 wheelers on your tail. It's never enough move of God. Yeah, and so I mean, and, and, you know, it's just you know, on. Look, I understand you're passionate about it, okay? All right, but look, you're not the only deal. Amen. Your gift is not the only one. Right. Yeah, and so we need to o- open our hearts and have understand. There's more than one dimension of gifting, and so listen, guys, if that's true, and if Jesus gave these very grace gifts in terms of. To what we need to equip us, then how many of you understand? There, there's a manifold grace of God. There, there is, uh, and that this is grace too. Are you with me? Titus, Titus two. Look at that. Titus two, eleven and twelve. Titus two, eleven and twelve. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So does that matter? And is that grace too? That's grace too. It's another dimension of grace. Let me, let me go to the next, uh, next one, number three. Assignment grace. Everybody say assignment grace. Ephesians 4 verse 7. But to each one of us is given grace, or each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Look, if you think you are the fivefold all wrapped in one, you're a legend in your own mind. That's all I can tell you. Okay, each one of us has differing assignment grace. Okay, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 Verse 13, read, let's re, read that. And I'm just going to have to hit the highlights for sake of time. But um, We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us. Listen, God's appointed each of us a measure 
of, of grace, assignment grace. Are you with me? He's got, each of us has an assignment. And we have, with that assignment comes grace. God is never, it's as Dave said earlier uh, in, his, in his preach singing, he, he said, uh, I mean, God's never asked me to do something that I, I didn't have to put on my brown britches to do. Because in the natural, I don't feel adequate. Right? God, God speaks to you to come to Bible school. I mean, you've got all kinds of reasons why you can't do it. But all you've got to do, I've never, God's never asked me to do something I felt adequate. But here's the deal. When he speaks to me, Okay, I'm here. When he speaks to me, and I know he's speaking to me, I step into it by grace. There's an assignment grace that enables me to do in the natural what I don't think I can do. If, how many of you know if God calls you to go to China, and how many of you understand, he knows how much money you have or don't have in the bank. So why do you want to tell him, Lord, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough education, I don't have this, I don't have that. You calls you to go to Bible school, I can't do this, I can't. No, all he needs is a response to his grace. You step into that. I said, you step into that. Yeah, look, he loves you if you stay here. He loves you. You know, if, if, if God's got all this over here for you, how many of you know there's going to be no tears in heaven? I set you up. That's a lie. He's going to wipe away our tears. Why? Well, it could be tears of joy. Also could be tears of what we could have had if we would have stepped into, disbelieved. Just praise God. I'm stepping into what God has for me. Yeah? God's got assignment grace for you. I've got a word for some men here today specific word you feel either like you're too old you feel like uh, circumstances have hemmed you in you're limited in your in your ability to move outside of where you are where you are or you just feel isolated and disconnected in revelation chapter 1 John was in that case, in that very situation. He was on the Isle of Patmos in, in um, what do they call that? In, uh, I know, but he was exiled. And, and he was there alone, restricted by circumstances, and 90 years old. He's feeling like, you know, the glo- he's going back... Singing with Barbara Streisand the way we were. That's what he's tempted to do. But he gets in the spirit on the Lord's day and Jesus visits him. And listen to me, in a place of utter isolation and restriction in terms of, hey, there's not very many people on that island. And then now he's 90. God visits him and gives him revelation He gives him a new assignment to write a book that is the last book of the Bible. And I've got a word for someone here who is in that that case. You feel isolated. You feel disconnected. 
you feel so restricted by your present circumstances. You may feel too old. Yet Jesus again has come to tell you, I've got an assignment. I've yet got an assignment for you. I've yet got purpose for you. I've yet yet got a call and an anointing, and I've yet got gifts for you to do. I've I've yet got things for you to do. If that's you, I just want you to humble yourself. God gives grace to the humble. There's more grace for those that humble themselves. It's already available, but you access it when you humble yourself. If that's you, I just want you to stand up right where you are. I want to pray for you. you. If that's where you've been, I want to pray for you. Okay, now, everybody, you need, to, you, need, you need to stand now if that's you, okay? Because we're not going to go on and on. If that's you, you stand. You felt that way. And so, listen, guys, look at, look, at all this, look at all this potential around us. Look at all this purpose. Man, look at all, look at all these gifts. I'm telling you, God's got assignment grace for you. You're not washed up. You're you're not too old. God's not done with you. He, He will yet use you. If you'll just, like Andrew said, believe and just start praising God. He's got, and get your eyes off of you. And you say, you know what, Lord? I'm my my life is not my own. I, you, you, you bought me with a price. I belong to you. I will go anywhere and I'll do anything your grace leads me to do. That's exactly what I'll do. Some of you, I'm telling you this, I know this, some of you, uh, it, a few of you, it is to come to this Bible school. Uh, man, I'm, I'm the director of the third year school of ministry. We're, we, help, we help people get fine-tuned in their calling. But I mean, listen, it's others, it's to start a business. Others, it's to help Arthur in ministry. Others, it's to help Dave in his ministry, someone else. But listen, some of you are going to have to leave uh, where you are. You're going to have to step out of what's restricted you. Others, you just say, yes, Lord, and he'll deliver you. But I'm telling you right now, God's got new assignment grace for you. Amen. And I, he stopped my wonderful message. Uh, to, to, get, to get you <laughs> interrupted me <laughs> to, te- to tell you <laughs> I've got a purpose for you I'm not done with you I'm take, I'm, you, and, you and me are going to change lives. We're going to transform cities. We're going to transform nations. Some of, some of you are future uh, millionaires and billionaires need to come to our business school, man. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to put your hand up, one hand up, or you can put both hands up. Now, keep, keep your hands up, and you start praising God, and you just let God know, I, Lord, I'll go anywhere, I'll do anything, anything, you're, anything you reveal to me, that's what I'll do. I'll, I will step into the assignment grace I have. That you have for me. I will, I'm stepping into it. And I'm not fearing what I leave. I'm stepping into it in Jesus name. Father we agree in the name of Jesus. Some of you that are around them. Just reach around them and touch them. Father we agree in the name of Jesus. 
for that which you deposited in them, that which you've called them to do. Lord, they will receive grace, strength, ability, anointing, favor, 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 resources, finances, favor, 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 favor. I speak favor over you. I, I bind the, break the spirit of fear off of you. I release assignment grace to you, anointing to you to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I can do it, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm not too old. I'm not washed up. Lord, you got... You've got an awesome assignment for me. I'm walking in it. Andy, you are walking in it. Andy, you are walking in your assignment grace. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Now, how many of you give me five more minutes? 5, 10, 15, 20. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to cover these adequately, but I just want to give you the, give you the other dimensions. You, you guys are Bible students. Look it up yourselves. <laughs> four is covering grace. Covering grace. Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. See, this is the grace we need to major on the majors and not the minors with other people. It's, it's a stuff like what, um, what happened to Noah, you know, when he went through a, a hundred year building program and in a, a year with animals and stuff. And, and, you know, he had a weakness, didn't he? Noah had a weakness. So he went out and got drunk. And one of his sons exposed his father's weakness. The other two came back and covered their father's weakness. Which one were blessed? Now, I understand we're blessed and you're not cursed. If you do, I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying, guys, we have grace. We have covering grace. We don't, we do, we don't need to major on the majors. I mean, on the minors. We don't need to be straining in gnats and swallowing camels. Some things you just need to let go, pray, love people. I've had people come to me. I'm dealing with a staff member in my church. You know, they're having a marriage problem. I have some, some religious Pharisee come to me and tell me, do you know about this and this and this, about that person? Uh, no, I don't know it. I've just been pastoring here for 20 years. <laughs> nah, I don't know that. Do you understand, guys? It takes no faith to identify problems. If you're going to be a leader, present answers. Anyway, look, I just tell them, look, you know what? Yeah, we know about it. We're dealing with it, and God's grace will cover it. And, uh, and you know what? You need mercy too. Amen? Praise God. Then, then there's leadership grace. I'm just going to give you these real quick. Is that okay? All right. I'm going to take a couple minutes, and we'll be done. Leadership grace, Ephesians 4.29 let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good for necessary edification, and it may impart what? Grace to the hearers. Grace to the hearers. This is a mentoring or a fathering grace, a, a, a leadership grace, a discipling grace that you, that you have the power to impart to people that you lead the power to become. Yeah. 
This is sometimes when you can't cover, you have to confront, but it's the way you confront. I said, it's the way you confront. Here's the difference with my kids, and I have four children, and you know they're perfect, right? No, when my kids messed up, you know, I'd go to them, and I'd say, look, what you did was wrong, but you're better than that. See, the difference between grace and law is not just what part of the Bible you preach out of Old Testament or New. It has everything to do with what part of man you speak to. If I'm, if, I'm speaking new, if I'm speaking New Testament to somebody's flesh, they have no ability to obey it. But I can speak a proverb to, to, a, new creation, uh, to a new creation spirit, man, and, and, and I'm telling them, hey, you've got, hey, look, you're better than that. You can do this. You've got grace. I'm empowering them. I'm envisioning them. It's like the angel with, with Gideon. Hail, thou mighty man of valor. Yeah. See, our job, guys, is to mine to the, the treasure in the field. Our job as leaders is to see the treasure in those that we're ministering to and don't get stuck at their uh, flesh. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Does anybody know what verse 16 says? Wherefore... Henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. You cannot help people fulfill their new creation potential knowing them after the flesh. And if we're going to be good, great, we've got grace, we've got leadership grace. And you know what that leadership grace is? Yeah, it's confronting sometimes, but it's doing it in, you know what? You're better than that. You can do that. Ashley, man, I know, you've got lots of issues. But... <laughs> You're really a mess, actually. <laughs> but, but hey, I, I see past. As Andrew was saying, not only seeing past your troubles, seeing past people's flesh. And if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna function in this, all all the grace of God. If you're gonna grow in grace, we've got to determine to be lead, uh, walk in this leadership grace. And then finally, giving and receiving grace. And we, you know, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, you know that. But look at 2 Corinthians 8, 7. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7, and I'm done. Is that okay? 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7. Um, but as you abound in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and in all diligence and in your joy, uh, in your, uh, what? Love for us. See, see to it that you abound in this grace also. When he said this grace, he's amplifying what, uh, what we read back in 1 Peter 4.10. This grace implies there's different graces. And so here's a grace that I just want to use Andrew as an example. I went to Uganda with him and we saw some awesome things happen there. But, but while Andrew has got this great vision for building uh, you know, really a generation of disciples through, through this, through this uh, school up on the hill or the mountain, whatever we want to call it. You know, in his heart, he still, he still has a heart to give to others. He's not limiting 
You know, he's not just focused here. I watched him in Uganda. He's, he's got a plan. God gave him a plan, birthed it. I was right there when he birthed it in his heart. And he's not just thinking about himself. He's thinking about the nations. See, abound in this grace also, in, in, in giving and receiving. God, I don't care where you are financially. If, if we're going to represent and model the Father, we have to stop being so stinking stingy. And there is never a time that I'm not going to give. And I've been, I've been, look, I've been broke, I've been, I've been poor, I've been rich, rich is better. Okay? Will you agree? I'm not taking any vow of poverty here, but I'm telling you there's never a time that I'm not going to give. Because I am, I have giving and receiving grace. You have giving and receiving grace. And we can abound to every word God puts in our heart. Let's stand up together. Now he said, grow in grace. Grow in grace. Grow in grace. And look, guys, the manifold. What, look, I, want, I don't want my ground just to produce 30-fold when it could produce 100-fold. And so do you think, it's, is it possible that if we would open our hearts for each dimension of grace? Now, are there any other dimensions of grace? I don't know, but that's enough for me to, for me to chew on for a little bit. Uh, you, could, you could retitle this message, 6D Grace. Just six dimensions, man. And, but look, if you want God to do a hundredfold through your life, will you expand your heart to beyond just what he's done for you, but what he wants to do through you to manifest Jesus, to fulfill your assignment? Somebody is going to step into their assignment grace. And when you do that, you're going to lift other people up, guys. There are people waiting. Listen, Andrew has obeyed God. He has fulfilled. He's fulfilling the assignment grace for him. But you know what his heart is? Is that you and me fulfill ours. We are, are you ready? Will you let God expand your heart for that? Well, just tell him right now. Come on. Come on, Father, we open our hearts. We open our hearts for you to expand us, every, our hearts to every dimension of grace, all grace. Jesus was full of grace and truth. So, Lord, just as he's full, and, he, and in my spirit, he's, he's full, but in my soul, the soulish part of my heart, Father, we open up. Lord, to to all the grace that you have for us, every dimension of grace, and we declare, Father, we're a hundredfold ground in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, we're going to try and start close to 1030. Let's, Let's say 1035. That'll give you a... 17, 18 minute break. Amen? You guys are guys. You don't have to do all that stuff. So. Let's go back and start at 1035.